Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112, where we make outlandish statements, and most of the times we are wrong. My name is Aaron Avra, and with me, as always, making ridiculous statements, Donatus Carroll, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Aaron, my man. I'm ready to make some more ridiculous takes on this podcast <laughs> this week. Got a special edition for you guys of ridiculous takes. So uh, I'm pumped, dude. I'm excited. Happy to be here, man. How are you feeling? You ready to get some takes? Oh, I'm ready, man. I needed a break from some work. Um, I've been rereading the Harry Potter books again. I'm almost done with book two. Shout out to the nice. HP. Uh, um, but this week, what we are going to do, we've, uh, we had this on the agenda from the end of last week as Donna has sent me a ridiculous list of the top ten quarterback wide receiver duos. So on the back half of this podcast, we are going to dissect that and correct it. Uh, but before that, uh, we are going to address two major moves that – I mean, I don't know if I'd say major. Let me take that back. <laughs> two moves that happen in the NFL uh, kind of get a feel for what we think about it and, and what the implications may hold. Um, How does that sound? That sounds great, man. I'm ready to, to do it. I'm ready to knock it out. All right, perfect. So if anybody has been paying attention to the football world post-NFL draft, there's two things that would ring true to something happening. The first off, first one that happened, news came out. Obviously, we were incorrect in our take because we thought this man was going to go to the Steelers because we thought it was a good fit. Uh, but Jameis Winston, famous Jameis Winston, signed a pretty small incentive-based contract with the uh with the Saints. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I, I was pretty stunned by the like how little they paid him in this contract. I want to say it was somewhere along the lines of like one point something million dollars for the year, which is very uh, low. Um, I was also yeah. surprised that he went to the Saints because the Saints also paid um Taysom Hill like twenty one million dollars to stay with them yeah. as the backup and then shelled out uh a measly like one million um to Jameis Winston and even though we we joke about Jameis, we make fun of Jameis. He's he's big thirty thirty. Thirty INTs, thirty touchdowns, never know what you're gonna get. Um I do have him as way more talented than Taysom Hill. Um, and so I was I was kind of shocked on this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think um, you know for for Jameis Winston, I think to me it makes sense. Um, I I completely get if I'm Jameis Winston um, why I would sign with the Saints. You know, it's been a month. Uh, well, no, it's been longer than a month. I guess it's been maybe closer to a couple of months uh, since he hit free agency. Unfortunately for him, kind of like Cam Newton. Um, you had a talented quarterback who hit free agency, uh, a lot of other big names signed, and then right as that second wave was about to kick in, you had all this stuff with the coronavirus kick up, mm-hmm. um, which I think really damaged um, any teams that were going to be interested in James being able to bring him in for a workout or whatever it is. Um, so I understand from James's perspective, he's working with a really great play caller in Sean Payton. He's sitting behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. Uh, and so he gets to kind of step into that Teddy Bridgewater role that Teddy Bridgewater played last year, 
Um, and it gives Jameis a, just an opportunity to sit behind a, a great quarterback, a great play caller, get his mind right, um, work on some mistakes that he that he had made, um, and then come in next year and be one of that, those top names um, for the quarterback class, free agency class for next year. So for Jameis, I, I get why he would do that. Um, for the Saints, that's kind of where I kind of I kind of I don't really understand where the Saints are coming from with this. Just because, as you alluded to, um, they just paid Taysom Hill pretty well for a uh, for a, a backup. Um, Sean Payton has talked for at least the past three or four years about how big he is on Taysom Hill, um, how he can't wait for Taysom Hill to take over, how Taysom Hill is the future uh, of their quarterback, of their quarterbacks, how he's their future franchise quarterback, um, and so for. For him to say all that and then go sign somebody like Jameis Winston, to me it was kind of like uh, contradictory of each other. It's not like he signed, you know, Marcus Mariota, who, um, you know, like the jury has just about been decided on Marcus Mariota. Uh, same with Mitchell Trubisky, you know, like they're both probably going to be a career backups for the rest of their career. Um, Jameis Winston still has a lot of football left in him. And like you said, um, the only problem with Jameis Winston is he's going to turn the ball over a lot. And so if you're okay with that, um, then, you know, Jameis Winston is worth the bet. But if not, you know, then you, you need to look somewhere else. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's an insurance policy because, you know, they're worried about uh, about um, Drew Brees going down. But even with that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, man, um, when Drew Brees got hurt last last year, uh, Teddy Bridgewater came in and went 5-0, and but Teddy Bridgewater is also somebody who's super careful with the ball. He fits in well, being able to hand the ball off and the short screen game and everything like that. Whereas I'm afraid this year, if, if Drew Brees was to go down, I don't think that Jameis Winston would go 5-0 and in five games. I think Jameis Winston would probably go 3-2, and possibly 2-3, and just because he's going to turn the ball over a lot. And he, he, Jameis Winston is not as big on the short screen game. Jameis Winston is going to push the ball down the field, um, which is good for Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and some of those other uh, receivers. But the downside is, again, that there's a greater opportunity for the ball to be turned over. So I think I get it from uh, from Jameis Winston's standpoint. I, I don't completely get it from the, uh, from the Saints' standpoint. So, um, those are some of my initial thoughts, but uh, what, what, what do you think about it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, and Jameis put out a statement uh, about signing with them, and apparently I had seen there was rumor and, like, he had turned down a deal with the Steelers, who we were almost right. Um, but I, he put out a statement that, that going and playing with the Saints and, like, Drew Brees is, like, the best opportunity you can get as a quarterback uh, especially yeah. one, I guess, who's trying to redeem his career because he is Mr. 3030. Um, you, you bring up good points. You know, he, he, free agency, he hit free agency, um, at a rough time. And I think that's why we also see Cam Newton still out there. Um, I'm surprised Cam's not signed, but I think it's because of those injury issues and no one can really look at him. Um, I right. pulled up, you know, Winston's details to his contract. He'll probably make more than, uh, the 1.1 million, uh, initial contract. He has a 952,000 base salary with 148,000 signing bonus. So we got what he's getting 1.1 million. And then he has built in like 4.7 million worth of incentives. 
some of them I'm not sure if he's actually going to get. Like there's a playtime incentive, which you may get a playoff playtime incentive, and then a Pro Bowl incentive. So some of those it's like they're built in just in case I think Breeze goes down. Um, I do agree that I think that this is a good move for Jameis to be able to learn behind Breeze. Um, yeah. And Jameis did just get LASIK eye surgery, which which may help uh, with his interceptions. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, he put out a statement saying that he could read signs now. So if the man couldn't read <laughs> signs before, um, first off, I hope he hasn't been driving. Second off, um, that makes sense as to why he throws so many interceptions because he literally has no idea who is down the field. He's just throwing it up. But that almost makes it more impressive that he threw for 5,000 yards and 30 right. touchdowns and can't read signs on the street. Um, yeah. So, like, like we knew he couldn't see because his big thing at Florida State was he would squint towards the sideline and he refused yeah. to wear contacts or whatever, but I didn't know it was so bad that you couldn't read street signs. Um, I think I think this is smart for the Saints because they got him relatively cheap. Um, I'm surprised with how cheap it is. Obviously, I read they only had, like, $5 million in cap space, so you can't really – you know, break the bank on Helm, but the fact that they gave Taysom Hill that major contract, um, because I think he's better than Taysom Hill, I think that this is a year where, uh, unlike Bridgewater, where they could potentially be looking at Jameis as the future quarterback when Drew Brees retires, I don't think they're legitimately looking at Taysom Hill. I know they're putting out statements saying how much they love Taysom Hill, how great he is. Uh, I don't think he's a legitimate starter, whereas I think Jameis, still can be a legitimate starter and still is a legitimate starter um, given he can get those interceptions down because he is a playmaker. And like we've mentioned before, he has those those games where it's like, oh, my goodness, he is balling. And then we have those games and we're like, what is Jameis doing? Um, or he has those games where he balls out and, and does terrible within the same game. Like he'll throw an amazing yeah. pass to a, a receiver on a how-did-he-do-that touchdown and the next play throw a pick six. So you never know with Jameis. But I think that LASIK surgery may help that, and then being behind Drew Brees doesn't hurt. He never really had someone to um, uh, in Tampa Bay to really sit with and learn from. And if he knows because the quarterback, you know, the market wasn't as big this year because the only teams that needed QBs were able to draft QBs. Um, so his services were not as needed. Um, so this is almost a good year to almost be like an in, intern, if you will. Uh, learn behind one of the best and then hopefully take over for a winning franchise with a winning coach and end your career, your next 10 years, however long James is in the league, um, having great success. So I think this could be a good move. I'm just confused by that Taysom Hill um, uh, money truck that they, that they pulled up. That one doesn't make right. sense to me. I don't think right. he's that good for $21 million. Um, so, quick answer. Jameis, is he a long-term starting quarterback? Like, I know right now he's not going to start, but in the future, is he going to go back to being a franchise potential quarterback? Um, man, dude. That's a, that's a tough question. Um I, golly, that's a tough one. Um, and the reason I'm, – I'm sure some people are probably like, that's a really simple answer. But I think the reason that I'm having a hard time with uh, giving you a simple answer is because 
as you look towards the future, like, we had a really great draft class. We've had three really great well, – well, two – we've had some really great quarterback class <laughs> draft classes. <laughs> I started to say three really great ones with Baker, but even out of Baker's class you have – you have, well, you have three really good quarterbacks out of Baker's class. Um, and then last year you had Murray. Um, I think Jones is going to be a decent starter. Um, and then this year – you have Burrow, Tua, um, Herbert, uh, and even Jordan Love, I think, within three or four years is going to be a really good good quarterback. And then next year's class, you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, and some other some other quarterbacks that are going to be good. So the problem with Jameis is, like, where does Jameis rank with all these young, new young quarterbacks? Um, when you look at your Carson Wentz, you look at Deshaun Watson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jameis isn't really going to compete with some of those guys. So as a team, are you willing to, to sacrifice um, – are you willing to, to go with Jameis Winston or do you want like a younger quarterback who's going to give you a better chance? Um, but I think to answer your question, I think, I think Jameis has a chance to start, um, to start again in the NFL – um, but I think it'll be with a team kind of like the Steelers or the Saints or whatever who don't have like a a clear backup plan right now where James can kind of go in um, and they don't have to really start over, but he can go in and kind of win. So I, I think he will start again in the NFL. Um, but I, I think he's also on a short leash too. You know, I think he's one or two seasons away from being where Marcus Mariota is right now, which is um, mm. backup for the rest of his career. So. James is yeah, so I, talented, man. Um, I mean, he could he should he should be a starter in the NFL. Is the thing that's who? frustrating. But he, James. Um, oh, okay, they said taste him for a second. I was like, no, 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 James is is so good. He's so talented that he should be a starter in the NFL. Um, you just you just don't ever know what you're going to get with him. So what do you think? Do you think he has a chance to start again? or is, is he Yeah, gonna... he'll start again. Um, I, I think either A, the Saints are going to like what they see and they're going to keep him around, or B, he's going to do enough uh, that that I don't think the, the Steelers are going to suck enough to actually land a top-tier quarterback. Um, and I feel like uh, this is going to be an instance where Jameis could almost learn and improve that he's better um, to yeah. where a team who isn't bad enough to grab one of those uh, Trevor Lawrence's or Justin Fields, and instead of trying to take someone in the fourth round and, and go ahead and make them the, the starter now or soon or whatever, I think they're going to step out and say, all right, let's get Jameis. He looks good. We got still, you know, like seven years left potentially out of him, um, which gives plenty of time to um, – train up a young rookie quarterback eventually where you can go ahead and solidify and have someone that started, you know, for the past four years or however long it's been, five years, um, and has seen great success as well as great turmoil. So I think I think yeah. he'll be a starter. He's too talented. Um, yeah. The next big signing, which this is one that kind of confused me because it happened almost instantly. And I guess let's take this from the approach of, what is Jerry Jones doing as opposed to the potential of this, this guy with, with the team he's going to? But Andy Dalton was yeah. released by the Cincinnati Bengals 
And then I want to say it was either the same day or like early the next day was already under contract and had a deal with the Cowboys. Um, I don't care as much about Andy Dalton. I care more about whatever Jerry Jones is doing and the implications with Dak and what's going on here. Um, My interpretation is that, and I've read different things, and a lot of people refute what my beliefs are, Um, (laughs) but I I believe that this is Jerry Jones um, looking at Dak and saying, you know, we can replace you. We now have somebody who started in the NFL for a long term, who's had success when he had great coaching and great players around him, and the Dallas Cowboys have great players on the on the the roster. So therefore, if you don't want to, uh, if if you don't, if we can't make um, a deal on how much money to give you. We can just move forward with Andy Dalton, and he'll replace you um, in in Dallas. A lot of people I've seen have refuted that. They're like, in no way is is he using Andy Dalton as a threat towards um, towards Dak Prescott. But that is like legitimately the only rationale I could come up with um, because yeah. there had been rumor of whether or not Dak was going to be on the team long term. The fact they couldn't get contract agreements and all this other stuff. And I'm like, first off, you can't be serious. Second off, now that you're sitting here signing Andy Dalton, I'm like, well, maybe, because Andy Dalton isn't terrible. He's not as talented as Dak, in my opinion. But with the weapons they have, you can't really mess that up unless you're just not a good quarterback. Um, So I think Jerry Jones is trying to use this as some ploy to get Dak to hurry up and sign a long-term deal with him without breaking the bank, and then, and then he will dispose of Andy Dalton as he wishes, um, which sounds terrible. But I mean, I, there was no rationale behind this. I didn't. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't get why the Cowboys signed him. They don't really have a backup right now for Dak, but Dak does not have a history of getting hurt. So therefore, I didn't think you know a back a backup was as necessary right now. Um, what are your thoughts on Jerry Jones and making this move? Yeah, I um I, I actually do I agree with you on that. Um and I, I think I'll take it a little a little bit further. Um is I think I, I think it's definitely Jerry Jones trying to send a message to Dak Prescott. Um listen, Jerry Jones is somebody who's all about control. Um he's all about, you know, giving himself the upper hand. Um, and Jerry's not stupid. I'm looking at Dak's um, comp or um, stats right now. And so keep in mind, um, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick um, in 2016. His career, for his career, he's completed 65.8% of his passes. He's got 15,778 pass yards, 97 touchdowns, 36 interceptions. Uh, his quarterback rate is 97. Uh, rushing wise, he's rushed for 1,200 yards in his career and 21 touchdowns. Um, those are really good stats, uh, over four years for, for anybody. But then when you especially think about the fact that he was a fourth round pick, 
And then I think, like, this is where the Cowboys, if they're not careful, they're going to screw themselves over. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, came in, came into the league, like I said, in 2016, uh, the same year as Jared Goff and, um, and Carson Wentz were the quarterbacks that went one, two. Um, in 2017, you had Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. In 2018, you had Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Um, in 2019, you had Kyler Murray. And then this past year, you just had Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin. And those are all quarterbacks that, um, that I think like have a legitimate chance at being successful in the NFL. Um, I won't count Jordan Love because I don't, I don't think he'll start for another three to four years. So. As you look at Dak Prescott, what you're looking at is you, I just gave about probably seven to eight quarterbacks who, um, as you look at it, I don't know that you, I don't I don't know that you're picking your I would take I would take Dak over Jared Goff. Um, I would obviously take him over Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I would I would probably I don't know. see Josh Allen is kind of tough because Josh Allen had a really good year, but I I take Dak over Josh Allen. Um, I don't know that I would take Dak Prescott over Kyler Murray. I wouldn't take him over Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't know if I would take him over Lamar Jackson or not. I wouldn't take him over Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, that kind of falls into the middle of the tier for those past, for those young quarterbacks who have just come along. Um, and so, like, if the Cowboys aren't careful, Dak's going to go to another team that wants him, and they're going to be left – the Cowboys, I'm afraid, are going to be left stuck for having a quarterback for the future. Because Andy Dalton, as good as Andy Dalton is, like you said, um, that team is so talented that Andy Dalton just really has to not mess things up. And, and Andy Dalton is a good enough quarterback where, you know, some of his best years were when um, A.J. Green and I don't remember who the running back was that they had, but they had A.J. Green, uh, Muhammad Sanu for a couple of years, but they had a really good, um, I think Tyler Eifert when he was healthy. They had a, they had a good surrounding core around Andy Dalton, and he was able to put in put in good years. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are obviously a lot more talented than those Bengals teams ever dreamed of being. So you know you're trusting Andy Dalton not to mess up, but Andy Dalton's also thirty something years old, and he's probably got maybe five years left in him, whereas Dak Prescott's got got at least another ten years left in him. Um, so I'm afraid by them making this decision, that could very well just say, okay, I'll play this one year, but next year I'm gone. And, you know, the Cowboys are going to be stuck, um, with Andy Dalton. Cause as you look at that division, like to me, without a question with Dak Prescott, the Cowboys are the favorite to win the NFC East. Um, with Andy Dalton, I think that it could go back and forth between them and, and Philadelphia. But I think that Dak Prescott is a step above Andy Dalton, and I think he gives them an edge over the Eagles. Um, so to your point, man, I agree with you. I think that it, it, it is Jerry's way of trying to say to Dak that we don't need him. I think I'm, I would be afraid if I'm Jerry that Dak could very well say, if you don't need me, that's fine. I'll play this one year, and next year I'm gone. So, um I don't know. I guess you just kind of have to look at looking at their team, especially with those these young hot quarterbacks that are coming up. Um, you know, I think I don't know how well that Dak compares to some of them, but he, he's he's better than some of the other ones. And obviously, you've got some older quarterbacks who are going to be retiring in a few years. 
um, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, um, all of them are going to be stepping out. So it's a chance if you have a young quarterback like Dak Prescott for your team to take that next step and to really be one of the top-tier teams um, in the NFL. But if you don't have a quarterback, I mean, you, you've set yourself back two or three years. So those are some of my thoughts, man. I just think, you know, Jerry's got to be careful wanting all this power and control, man. And I think this might be the time that it bites him in the butt. So Same. I think there's a chance that if you do lose Dak, if this is meant as a power move, um, Dak, they, they stumbled upon accidentally in the fourth round. I thought he bought uh, – there was one year I remember at Mississippi State that he absolutely bought out, and then he returned the next year and did not do as well, and I think that's why his stock plummeted. But they stumbled into something great, and I think Jerry, uh, if he is using this the way that we think he is, that he's about to mess up because if you put all the trust in Dalton, uh, you aren't going to be bad enough to gain a, another franchise quarterback. And I think Dak no. is their franchise quarterback. Um, right. Dak could step into a good position and go to the Steelers, Tampa Bay, wherever, when his contract is over, uh, which I believe he's been franchised right now, so really it's just one more year. Um Unless he doesn't sign that franchise, but um, but I think there's a good chance that you he could then step and go to a new <laughs> a new team who needs a like I think the Steelers need a quarterback next year. So that's why I was surprised they didn't yeah. snag Jameis or, or were able to snag Jameis. Um, which if Dak decided he wasn't into this power move and and kept walking, um, you know the Steelers is a, a really good option for him. I, I don't know if he's going to want to sit behind people because he has been a proven starter. So I don't know if the Tampa Bay route will be as good, um, right. but definitely Steelers route. I can't see Big Ben sticking around um, much longer, especially since he's threatened retirement in the past, and we don't know how healthy he actually is <laughs> with that shoulder. Um, yeah, but they need a quarterback because they can't stick with the two they <laughs> they have right now. Yeah. All right. Well, now. and then you also have the, the New England Patriots as well, man. So, I mean, you know. Oh, that's if true. Jerry, so if, if Jerry decides to keep Dak, he needs to trade him and try to get some some draft picks back at least. So Yeah, that's true because if, uh, if Stidham doesn't work out, uh, they're either going to have to tank and pick someone good or, or grab one of these uh, guys that go walking. So, uh, um, or like you said, you, they could try and get some draft capital by sending off the quarterback. Um, all right. Now, bones to pick and enemies to make. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the most we've all na- been waiting for. There is a national columnist, uh, at NFL Network yeah. named Gil Brandt. And he is an NFL media senior analyst. We have read some of his stuff in the past and, and helped gain information from him, but he put out this outlandish list of the NFL's <laughs> top 10 quarterback receiver pairings. I am going to read them. I am. I do want to emphasize again, this is Gil Brandt from NFL.com. not trying to take any credit for it. We're just going to help him out a little bit. Um, I'm going to read off his top 10. Some of these are going to make sense. Some of these we looked side-eyed at. And so we're, we're, there's about four, three to four spots that we're going to fix uh, and make it better. So he has, as his number one spot, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. All right, that makes sense, right? He is at number two, which I I don't know about this being number two, but I would argue this is a great duo. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Would you agree that they're a top ten? They're at least top ten, right? Yeah, they're definitely top ten. Yeah, yeah. 
this next one is why I already see him getting a little outlandish here. Um, <laughs> for number three, he has Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, we're not going to dive into it yet, but do you, yes or no, do you consider them a top ten? Yes. Okay. I do not yet. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't because for the same reason we're going to see with others is just because you take an up-and-coming quarterback and you take a star-studded receiver, we saw this with Baker and OBJ last year, doesn't mean they're going to work that first year. So I do not give them uh, that weight. Um, number four, he has Dak and Amari. Would you say Dak and Amari are top ten? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I agree. Number five, he has Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Yes or no? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, wait, we had, we had a little briefing beforehand. <laughs> Uh, we yes. talked about this in the we, yeah, we, <laughs> we have number six, he has Tom Brady and Mike Evans, yes or no? Yes. I agree. And now, or, oh, sorry, we got one more where we think we agree, and then the rest were like, are you sure? Uh, seven, he has Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, top ten, yes or no? Y- yeah. So, yes, oh. but I'll, I'll – I, I don't know if that's going to be a top 10 come next year. Um, I think for this year it is, but Rodgers is getting old and, and, and Devontae Adams is having a hard time staying healthy. So I think for this year, yeah, uh, not really too much question about it, but that's going to be one of those that's going to be interesting to see what it looks like going into next year. Um, no. uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I agree, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I think they're top 10 currently, um, and I'm not sure – Moving forward. Number eight, this is where it gets crazy. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Yeah, so number eight. At eight, yeah. is, this a top 10, is this a top ten duo? No. I, I don't think I, so. I mean, if you're going to put them in the top ten, they got to be number ten. But, no, I mean, I've got, I've got a, a couple that we're going to talk about. I've got a couple here that I'd personally take in the top ten over those ones. So, no, I wouldn't put Tannehill and Brown at the top ten. I agree. They're not in my top ten. I don't believe that they are a top ten. Um, I, I believe Tannehill had a good year and Brown had a good year, but I don't think moving forward they're a top ten. Uh, he has Matt yeah. Stafford and Kenny Galladay. Do you think they're a top ten? No, I don't. I don't either. And then Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton, he has at number ten. Are they a top ten? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And, and for me, it's with the same rationale as um, – as Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they haven't played together. We don't know if they're going to gel. I know some of you listening are going to say, but you all said Tom Brady and Mike Evans were a top ten. <laughs> let's be real. Let's be 100% clear here. Tom Brady is better than Phillip Rivers and Kyler Murray. Yeah. Mike Evans is better than T.Y. Hilton. Yep. The fact that Tom Brady is throwing Mike Evans the ball, who is better than T.Y. Hilton, I won't say he's as good as, as Hopkins, but he is he's definitely better than Hilton. This is a top two duo or top ten duo. Yeah. We're going to ignore our hypocrisy here. We will be <laughs> hypocritical. Um, yes, these two are. The other ones, I don't think so. So instead of us rearranging these, because then we'd have to fix our order, um, 
the ones that we have listed as not top tens are Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Philip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, and then for the sake of us coming up with fixing the list, do we want to keep Murray and Hopkins or no? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point as far as we haven't seen them. And, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I hate to admit when I'm wrong, but I am wrong. So um, I'll give you that, that um, we haven't seen them yet. And Ooh. I don't know that they're, they're promised to work out. I, I like to think that they are. But like, like you said, my logic was just thinking that you got an up-and-coming quarterback <laughs> with a, a top um, to me DeAndre Hopkins is in the top three or four wide receivers and so you just agree you sometimes you just expect that it's going to work um but yeah I mean for the fun of things you know let's take them off the list and let's come up with four more well, and sometimes you have a blundering idiot like Freddie Kitchens making the play calls and <laughs> it can't work so <laughs> that, so well, Mr. That's a good point because last year we would have said Baker and OBJ definitely in the top ten, and they probably would have been on the top ten of this list. And as you saw, yeah, pretty. That's true. That up, so. yeah. That's true. That's and point. and the and with the offense that that Cliff Kingsbury have, maybe I I'll, I will say they're peeking in the door at top ten. They hadn't been in they hadn't yeah. been invited yet, but Kingsbury <laughs> offense is very friendly to the two of them. Um, yeah. And I think there's a chance they could be this top three duo like this guy has listed. But because we don't know it yet, sorry, Gil Brandt, um, we're going to fix your list. Uh, we're not going to reorder them. We're just going to remove the four that we do not believe are worthy, and we are going to replace them with four better duos. So, Philip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, goodbye. Stafford Galladay, goodbye. Uh, Tannehill Brown, goodbye. And Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, you may stand at the door and wait. We are moving on to the four duos to round it out. Um, how I envision us doing this, and tell me if you don't want to do it this way, because I'm trying to think of the easiest way, is that we'll go back and forth and you choose a duo. We discuss if we agree, if we agree they're in, and then I throw a duo out. Odds are we'll agree on all of them because we probably have the same ones on our list. Um, so instead of us, since we aren't obviously together, we can't sit here with our list and just shell it out. Uh, so if you want to start us off and give us your first duo that is missing on this list, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, this is not in um, – so just because I give this first duo doesn't mean that I would put them at that number eight spot. But this is – these are duos that I think could take their spot. Yeah, so um, – well, hold on. Clear, clearing it back up uh, with, with our listeners, we aren't we aren't going to put them in a definitive one through ten. These are just right. the top ten duos. So we remove four, and now we're going to move on and create more. Go ahead, Don. Just yeah, um, I'm kind of nervous because I'm I'm nervous that about this first one that I'm going to say that you might not agree. Um, and, and I, I went back and forth on this one, but to me. Um, one to replace these top four that I would take is I would take um, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Uh, yep, no, nope. they're on my. They were they were on my list as the first ones oh, to go in. God. We're missing. You <laughs> <Phew>, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was nervous about that one because I can I could maybe see a case where um, you might not want to put them in the top ten, but to me it's like. If you're going to put Tannehill and Brown, Stafford and Galladay, Rivers and Hilton, you have to put Wilson and Lockett in. 
Um, Wilson and Lockett have been tried and true, proven and, you know, perfected for the past five, four or five years that they've played together. Um, Russell Wilson is obviously a top five quarterback. And I think Tyler Lockett's easily a top 20. I'd say he could be a top 15 wide receiver. Um, when they're, when they're working, man, they're working really good. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett is a speedster. Um, and Wilson's got a big arm to hit him down, downfield, but they're also really good at working those intermediate routes. Um, you know, those quick slants or, you know, those 15 yard posts or whatever. So I think, I think you've got to put Wilson and Lockett in the top 10 of quarterbacks, wide receivers, um, who have been proven, who have proven themselves. So what are your thoughts? No, I agree. Uh, as a former Tyler Lockett fantasy football owner, um, <laughs> Russell Wilson loves Tyler Lockett. I think what helps free him up, I know we're not talking about trios here, but the fact that um, that Russell Wilson also has a guy by the name of D.K. Metcalf that came into yeah. his own, that now you can't just target and eliminate um, um, Lockett. You have to target and eliminate both of them, which makes it a little harder. Um, right. Tyler Lockett's a playmaker. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get his touchdowns. And the biggest important detail and the reason why wide receivers are either a bust or amazing in fantasy football um, is who's throwing them the rock. And yeah. Russell Wilson is hands down. Uh, I think we both put him in our top three quarterbacks uh, earlier yeah. on in the NFL right now, or maybe – was it top three or was, it was who we'd start a franchise? It was who we'd start a franchise with. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Russell Wilson is just a playmaker. Um, he balls out. He gets the ball to his receivers. His receivers perform well. Um, he can extend plays, uh, he being Russell Wilson, to allow his receivers to get open and make plays. Um, I think this is a clear miss by Mr. Brandt. Um, yeah. I don't know how Tannehill and Brown get in over these two. That kind of blew my mind. Um, I yeah. agree. They are in the top ten. Here I am shaking their hands, welcoming them to the top ten lounge. Welcome, <laughs> Mr. Wilson and Mr. Lockett. You have made the cut um, by us two non-professional uh, football speakers here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next on the list. <laughs> Next up. Here's okay. I'll save them for later, unless you say them. Um, all right, next I have Sam Darnold, and not really, no, no, can't put Sam Darnold in that top ten list. Can't do that. Can't do that. Just keep it cool. Wait to see if he's saying just kidding before you lose it. I oh my goodness. I was like, oh, God, I knew you better than this, man. Actually, I'm, I'm curious who the receiver you would have said Darnold would have been. Well, um, here's the thing with him, because who he has is Brashad Perriman, who <laughs> was not with them last year. He was in Tampa Bay for a year, and then um, and he, he resurrected his career in Cleveland, and then he has Denzel Mims. So it's no one to even choose from. To like, He's in the same scenario <laughs> as the other ones of, I don't know if they're going to work out. Um, right. All right. My, <laughs> my next on my list, as you may would imagine, and yes, you're going to say, but this doesn't make sense because they struggled last year, and to that I say, shut your mouth. I am going 
with <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Here's why. Here's why. We have, and once again, you're going to say, but Aaron, you said Kyler Murray and Hopkins couldn't, or blah, 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 coaching, blah, 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 don't know how it's going to work out, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we have a brand new coach. <laughs> but this brand new coach made Case Keenum and Kirk Cousin stars with receivers yeah. like Adam Thielen, who, had never, who no one had ever heard of, and Stefan yeah. Diggs, who I believe was like a fourth-round pick when he was picked. Um, yeah. So these were not your highly touted guys who became household names and are very, obviously, very good receivers with very mediocre quarterbacks. I say very mediocre. I'm going to say average. Let me tell you that. Let me walk that back. Average quarterbacks. Um, I think – with the and, and a lot of these that we're going to say, because I think one thing that makes Lockett and Wilson such a hit is the fact that they have other weapons to help make this duo reliable. I think with this new head coach, I think with our run game and with our other receivers that have been added, that these two are going to light it up on the field this year. Um, one thing that's been true so far with Baker in the NFL uh, we took, we got Jarvis Landry in his rookie year. Baker and Jarvis did not connect like everyone thought they would. They actually struggled in the beginning, just like people pointed out with Baker and OBJ this year. Um, Baker and Landry this past year were way more on the same page. Um, and I think that's with that year of experience and practice. I think this offense is going to lend itself that um, Stefanski is going to have a lot of fun because he already has stud receivers that and we know they're stud receivers and you throw in the Higgins and you throw in um Peoples Jones and our run game and I think that OBJ <laughs> is going to have the best year of his career yet. You heard it here first. He's going to have the best year of his NFL career this year, which obviously means that Baker Mayfield is going to be playing lights out. Um, I think these two are going to be lethal next year. I don't think anyone's going to be able to stop this offense and this duo, in my opinion. Um, now that the line is also situated, because the other side of Baker not being able to perform is he couldn't be protected. No, no one, he couldn't, he kept getting sacked. Um, kept being pressured, kept having to throw it away or force plays. I think these two this year, it's a top 10. Yes, I do understand people. It's a stretch. I get it. But I do think that this duo is better. Then a T.Y. Hilton and Rivers. The reason we took them off the list is, yes, Rivers is good and Hilton's good, but that doesn't mean they're going to gel either. Um, I do believe this duo is better, and I believe Baker Mayfield's skill set right now is better than Rivers' skill set because uh, we have seen him diminish. Baker, OBJ, top ten. Are we welcoming him in, Donatus? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I can understand um, – why there may be some pushback with your with your um your pick but i i don't know it's it's just kind of one of those things like you know that last year was an outlier and you know like that they're going to work this year like you just know that it's going to come together um you know like you said um baker's super talented and 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 obj is to me he's the most talented wide receiver in the nfl 
Um, that doesn't always translate to him being the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's the most talented wide receiver in the, in the NFL. Not, and, and I don't think it's really too close. Um, so I, I think you just, even though it, it, the, it didn't translate into results last year, I think you just have to put them in. Um, I would definitely take them over Tannehill and A.J. Brown. I'd take them over Stafford and Galladay, um, and I'd take them over Rivers and Hilton. And if you're talking about, like, projected to the future, i take them over Rodgers and Adams, and i take them over Murray and Hopkins. Um, I mean, even like even like a Brady and an Evans who you know is going to work out. I, and I guess this is where you talk about, like, when you talk about people's peak, peak Baker and peak OBJ is probably going to be closer to the top of this list um, behind Breeze and Thomas. Um, you know, around the same spot as Ryan and Jones. I just think I think they're that good. Um, so, to me, it's a no-brainer that you put OBJ and uh, and Baker Mayfield on, on this list. Um, I, I think they're they're just both too good to to leave them off of this list. So, I agree. Thank mind. you for. So here we are standing in my door. I'm going to shake hands. Welcome Baker and OBJ to the top ten lounge. You have made it in. All right, we got two sets left. So far, we we've agreed. I uh, keep waiting for that yeah. moment where we disagree and we have to like convince each other to let, let them in. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the I'm the gatekeeper here, and they can't just get in without without a good recommendation. Who's next? Yeah, so I I think you're going to agree with this one, which is going to make it interesting to see. I'm I'm interested to see who your last one is. This next one that I'm going to give you to me is again a no brainer. Um, and this one was proven last year. I think you have to put Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry on the top ten um, wide receiver duos. Um, I think just for the reasons that you just listed, um, they struggled to get it together their the first year working together. But last year, I mean, they, they proved that they could work well together. I think that from the games that I watched, and again, obviously you watched more Browns games, you paid more closer attention to it than me. It seemed like at times, especially towards the end of the season, that Jarvis Landry became Baker Mayfield's favorite target. And I'm a huge Jarvis Landry fan. Um, I, I think Jarvis Landry, when he was in, in, in Miami, um, I think he was a top – he was an easy top 15 um, wide receiver. And I think when he came to the Browns, I think he had the opportunity to become a top 10 wide receiver. The problem with Jarvis Landry is he plays across the field from, like I said, the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. But when you talk about um, somebody who's just super reliable, Jarvis Landry is super reliable. He doesn't drop a lot of passes. He's really good at the default, but even more, more importantly, he's so good at that intermediate, um, those intermediate routes. And I think Baker Mayfield it, it thrives when he's throwing the ball, uh, you know, 15 to 20 yards down the field, which is perfect for where Jarvis Landry is most of the time. Um, but Jarvis Landry is also really good at, at the screen game, but also at the short route game too. So I think like, you, you, we've seen, we, whereas we haven't seen it translate into results with Baker and OBJ, I think especially if you're going to put Baker and OBJ in the top 10, I think you have to put Baker and Jarvis Landry in the top 10 as well. Um, I was, I was surprised. Like the Baker OBJ one surprised me that he didn't put them on his list, but 
I could kind of understand, you know, the that OBJ was hurt last year. They both struggled to kind of get on the same page. I, I don't understand at all how he did not put Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield on this list. Um, they just proved that they could work well together. And you're and you're talking about putting people like like Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown, who you know last year was the first year they played together, and they looked good, but the, they looked good, you know, for the last ten games of the season. Um, Stafford and Galladay, you know, Stafford got hurt last year, and then obviously Rivers and Hilton hadn't improved anything yet. I think you, I, I was, I was really surprised that that uh, Baker and, and Jarvis weren't on this list, and that was the reason that I, that was the main reason I sent it to you uh, <laughs> and wanted to get your thoughts on it was because of Baker and, and Jarvis, not necessarily just Baker and OBJ. So that's my, I mean, I, that's that's my thoughts, man. I, I feel like you have to put them on the list. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. To me, it's kind of a, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to hear to interested to hear how you would have put them on the list but oh absolutely i you know i'm not going to argue about a brown being put on the list um <laughs> yeah i actually agree in the reason <laughs> the reason i went with obj is because obj i think is more um electric and talented than jarvis but jarvis yeah. doesn't drop balls he catches just about everything. He works hard. He goes 100% all the time. He's very passionate. Yeah. Hillman Baker took a huge stride this year, even though our team was disappointing and Baker did not have great success. Hillman Jarvis were, um, after game two or three, really, beca- really became to be on the same page. And I think the reason why it took them a few games to be on the same page is because, once again, new head coach, new coordinator, whatever. Um but I I agree. Um, if we were doing trios, uh, I would have put this whole trio on the list. Um, and I think, once again, once you account for all the weapons we have, um, if, if Baker's not clicking on all cylinders with OBJ one game, he's absolutely going to be clicking with Jarvis. Um, there's too yeah. many people to choose from to throw to. Um, and I am going to agree. So, Jarvis... Welcome to the top ten, baby. Welcome to the top ten. Baker's already in here. You, uh, y'all, y'all go chat it up over there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this Jarvis, last one. Jarvis Landry might be the most underrated wide receiver in the in the NFL. I'm just gonna throw Agreed. that out there, man. He's, he's really good. So. No, I 100% agree with that. Um, 100%. All right. This one may get rejected. I'm, I'm, I. <laughs> We'll see. I, I think he's, <laughs> I think this duo is better than the ones we kicked out. Um, but we'll see. I have. Ready for it? Yeah. Kurt Cousins and Adam Thielen. Yeah. Dots. Yeah. So I had um, my last two came to that came down to. Um, Thielen and Cousins, and then I put Big Ben and Juju Smith-Schuster on the list. Um, Absolutely. That's kind of a toss-up. Um, no, no, I mean, no, no, Big, no. Big Ben was hurt last year, and I think, like, I don't know, man. I feel like they could have had a big year last year. I, I feel like they were both ready to kind of take that next step. Um, Juju had kind of stepped into his own. Um, he was ready to prove himself without Antonio Brown, and then Big Ben got hurt. So I feel like – I feel like that should have been an honorable mention or something at least. But uh, no, 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 so. no. I, <laughs> I'm not here, here. I'm not sold on Smith Schuster being a legit number one. 
and uh, because I think a lot of his came from that. I mean, we never really got to see because Big Ben got hurt pretty pretty quickly. Uh, and like we've said, receiver really comes down to uh, who's throwing you the ball. Um, uh, there's only a few out there where you can just throw it in a region and they'll get it. Um, <laughs> and Juju is not that guy. And it could be because Roethlisberger went down. I thought Juju was great two years ago. And once AB left, I was like, I don't know anymore. I think he benefited from having a star receiver across from him. So I, I'm not willing to give him that yet. Okay. But I think Cousins and Thielen have enough yeah. stats down that you yeah. could argue they're a top two duo. Um, here's my caveat, though. I do believe that Thielen, or I'm not sure if Thielen is a product of having Stephon Diggs across from him. We don't know that yet. Um, this could exactly be the exact same thing as Juju and Big Ben. The reason I'm not as concerned, or I, I would put them on over Juju and Big Ben, is, is they just drafted Justin Jefferson, which once again, we don't know if he's going to actually pan out in the NFL, but that gives him a nice, big, good receiver across from him. Um, and Thielen is one who catches everything. He's not a flashy speedster like Juju. Um, he's just a big receiver with good hands who makes plays, um, which I value over you can fly down the field and I can throw it up to you, or you can get me a slant, <laughs> or, or you can give me a good slant, and then you can take it for 60 yeah. yards to the touchdown because you're just faster than everybody else. Um, yeah. I think Thielen is a solid type receiver that's going to stick around for a minute. Hillman and Kirk Cousins have really good chemistry. Um, and the only wavering, like if I was on, if I was ranking these, these top 10, they would be number 10 because I could see them being on their way out given that, um, Thielen Cousins were a product of Stefan Diggs being across the way. Um, I just have more faith in Thielen than Juju because I think Juju Smith-Schuster, like A.B., was a flashy, fast receiver, but A.B. was just obviously more talented. Um, yeah. And once you lose A.B., Juju's not A.B. Juju is uh, a great number two. Um, so based on their chemistry, based on the fact that you have two potentially mediocre players making each other electric – I put them in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to argue with um, with cousins and Thielen. I think his cousins been there. He's been there two years, and I think they. I mean, they've been productive over the past couple of years. I know that Thielen has has battled injuries, but I like Adam Thielen a lot too. And I think he might under Jarvis Landry. I think he might be the second most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, especially considering he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, and really just worked his, his, his tail off to, to get to where he's at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you're not going to have any complaints from me from Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. Um, Thielen has proved that he can do it with just about any quarterback, whether it's, it's Case Keenum or um, whoever was playing for them before Case Keenum. Um, and then obviously now with Kirk Cousins, too. So, 
I, I don't know about putting them in the top two, but I, I mean, I think they're definitely a, a top ten, um, top ten duo. So yeah, Thalen and Cousins is hard to argue with. So. Well, welcome to the top ten. So, Mister Gil Brandt, if you're out there listening, or if anybody wants to tag <laughs> him in this, um, we have fixed your top ten. We're just going to give you the top ten, and then you put them in whatever order you want to, Mister Brandt. But we have. Breeze and Thomas were good with Ryan and Jones, Prescott, Cooper, Mahomes, Hill, Brady, Evans, Rogers, Adams, and then what we added to your list was Baker and OBJ, Baker and Jarvis Landry, uh, um, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, and I went blank with the other one. Who, oh, and uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson and Tyler Lockett. So go ahead and go ahead and throw them in. Make sure you put them. Whatever they want to go to appropriately, you might get tagged in our uh, in my post as I post this this podcast. Feel free to reach out. Maybe we can collab one day. Who knows? Get <laughs> one find this one twelve name out there. Uh, but folks, hey, yeah. as prom <laughs> as promised, this was a shorter podcast. In fact, yeah, um, this may be under an hour. I'm not sure because anyway. Um, do you, have, do you have anything else for the people, Donatus? No, I uh, I enjoy doing this. Let us know if you guys agree with Mr. Brandt or if you agree with us. Let us know if you have any uh, any interesting ones that you think should be added to the list. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. And share this out. Make sure to tag Gil Brandt from the NFL on this podcast if you share it. We would like him to. Uh, we, we would like to have a little response, a little, little dialogue, and, and, and maybe get the name out there. But thank you all for, for committing to listening, for being here week in and week out. Couldn't do it without you. Without you all, we would just be talking to each other, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But anyway, we're, we're out.